You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. The NBA Draft coach, Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host, Raphael Barlow and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. I might make an appearance myself. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Continue my conversation with Keith Smith. If you didn't check out part one, well, go back and check it out. And if you listen to it, listen to it again, because it's a great episode. Great conversation with somebody who knows the ins and outs of the salary cap as well as anybody. We had a great conversation talking about what Miami's options were with Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. He gave a great overview for somebody like me who really doesn't know much about the cap. And even if you do, I think he gives a lot of insight about how Miami can navigate through these tricky waters. And of course, in today's episode, we talk about the biggest whale of them all, Dame Lillard, and the potential of acquiring him. We talk a little bit more about some of the other issues that Miami might face when it comes to making changes this offseason. Of course, we also talk about Duncan Robinson because his restricted free agency and the ability to perhaps sign and trade him to New Orleans for, say, Lonzo Ball. That's a huge question I think a lot of fans have, and we try to get to it as best as we can. So here, without further ado, is Keith Smith. We're back talking about the salary cap situation, Miami's offseason, and much more here with Keith Smith of Track. We're getting into the weeds here. It's a little complicated. I, uh, we've got some listener questions to get to, but I think maybe even more pressing than all the potentials as far as offseason moves and things of that sort. Let's say, let's say ultimate pie in the sky for Miami, and I think there's no bigger name out there than Dame Lillard. What would that entail? I mean, obviously you have to get Olshay and the Blazers involved there, but what regardless of whatever they'd want back in return, what would it take for Miami to even potentially acquire a player that makes as much money as Damian Lillard? Yeah. So the cleanest way to get there is to create a whole bunch of cap space. So then what you're doing is let's say you get down to that 20 million in cap space that lessens your burden on matching salary in a trade for Lillard, uh, because that is just not a, um, you know, that's, that becomes very hard for the heat to do Mm -hmm. uh, unless, you know, Portland really, liked uh, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson at about 20 million a piece. Yeah. Um, then, then you're there. Um, but if they didn't, then, then, then what you want to do is you want to clear some cap space and then your, your trade trade pieces going back, you know, probably has to involve Robinson probably has to involve none in a sign and trade out. The nice thing is acquiring Lillard doesn't hard cap you cause he's already signed. Um, you know, that, that would go for, you know, Bradley Beal as well. Cause I know that's another uh, guy on the wish list. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just gets hard because when you look at for Miami, your young pieces, cause right. If you're Portland, I probably want some young guys back. Mm-hmm. So the young guys, all right, hero, but here only makes $4 million. Right. So saying nothing of Tyler Hero's value as a basketball player, that's nothing in salary matching. 4 million doesn't really get you anywhere. 
So that that's where it becomes very difficult. Um, you know, they, they have, they'd have to really kind of cobble this together, uh, sending a whole bunch of salary, uh, you know, uh, Portland's way to be able to make something like that work. So that's why I think you want to get under the cap. So then you're only having a, having a match about, you know, 1920 million of Lillard's $39 million deal versus, you know, the full boat, because then it becomes a little bit easier to do that. Of course you could always do, you know, drag chops in and you right. add him and Iguodala together and send them. And, you know, you, you could go that way. The other you know, compounding factor too is Miami's out some draft picks in the future. So that, that becomes a little bit harder to put something together for a guy like Willard as well. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about those draft picks too. And, and just as a disclaimer, I know a lot of people listening probably got tired of me being uh, too realistic when it comes to the off season potential for <laughs> Miami. And I just, I look, I, I would love nothing more as you know, covering a team like the Orlando magic regularly, you want to be able to cover a team that's good and goes Heck deep yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I would love to have a team with Damon Lillard that I could cover and talk to on a regular basis, but that's just not realistic. Uh, you know, you're, you're more likely to just resign Kendrick, none or and maybe i don't know somebody else i mean i, I saw people complaining about the option of, of adding a guy like josh hart to this team it's like that might that might be a more realistic move that might be sure. the only upgrade that you can possibly get so it's not to be a downer or anything like that but you have to face the harsh realities and, and miami has put themselves in a tough position i mean we keep expecting magic from this front office because they've come through so often before even you know a couple of seasons ago in order to acquire jimmy butler that seemed somewhat magical nobody expected that and I mean, a lot of people around the league even discounted miami's chances of acquiring a player like jimmy and they made it work somehow and i think that's the expectation is that they can always get these things done whenever they put their mind to it i just i'm not that firm a believer in and magic like that and so i don't count on it happening i won't report on it until it actually does and once it does then yes i'll I'll join all of my listeners in being absolutely ecstatic about the possibilities, but for now I have to provide a much more realistic option. Yeah, it's so welcome to my corner in my world. Um, You know, my uh, teammates over at Celtics blog call me the wet blanket. Sure. They'll come up, they'll, they'll come up with all these wild scenarios and I'm like, um, all right, how are we making that happen? Uh, You know, in uh, I'll say half of them, I kill because I'm like, guys, you can't go sign, you know, six free agents this summer. Like, there's just not money. Um, the other thing that I'll come back with then other times is like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I love the idea of trading Tristan Thompson straight up for Damian Lillard. Yeah, now let's exactly flip right. over. Why does Portland want to do that? Um, so, yeah. Doesn't matter, Keith. That never matters. You know, <laughs> no. we can always we can always trade away whatever you know loose parts that nobody wants for your superstar. That's how it works. You know what, man? The people who live in that world sometimes I think they lead a much happier life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, Precious Achua can't get off the bench from Miami. Tyler Hero is being criticized for going to a concert, and somehow you package those two together, and you can get Bradley Beal. So I, I, I don't know how it works out that way. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, this one comes in from Jade. He asks, I think you've answered this somewhat, but uh, I want to ask it anyway. How would the sign and trade aspect work if they're restricted free agents? Is it any different than a normal sign and trade or does that matter at all? I've been wondering because of Nunn and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, it doesn't really change anything. So what would happen is, uh, well, let's just say the Knicks wanted to sign Duncan Robinson. What they would do is they, they before they actually entered into an offer sheet, they would gauge with the Heat to say, hey, what's your interest in making us a sign and trade? Um, and if the Heat were like, okay, yeah, you're going to give him more money. You're going to give him $100 million and we don't want to do that. Uh, then what the Heat would say is, 
likely would be, all right, yeah, what do you think and how do we want to structure this? The only time it becomes a difference is, let's say the Knicks actually did a, an offer sheet, Duncan Robinson signed it, and then Miami said, all right, you know what, we don't want you, now we want to sign and trade you. You can't sign and trade a player to a team you signed an offer sheet with. Um, it's just, it's, it's, to, it's to kind of protect the team a little bit because right. they don't want guys just signing offer sheets willy-nilly to mm-hmm. force teams into things. Um, and then there's actually a one-year trade restriction uh, where you can't re you can't not even reacquire you can't acquire a player that had an offer sheet that was matched for one year uh, so that's the only time it, it has a difference okay uh this was something you hinted at before regarding miami's draft picks and obviously one of their draft picks is owed to the oklahoma city thunder so captain flint asks what do you think would be the cost of removing protections from the 2023 first round pick that the thunder own yeah, that's interesting. So we've seen this actually happen um, somewhat uh, commonly in recent years. This never used to be a thing. Team right. teams didn't didn't do this. So yeah, so that twenty twenty three pick, it's protected top fourteen. So if Miami wanted to kind of get get out of that obligation earlier, I guess is the best way to put that. Mm-hmm. Um, what they could do is they could say, yeah, we just want to send it in twenty twenty three. We don't even want to have it floating out there anymore where we're, we're going to send it. So what they could do is they, it, there's a, a million ways you could do this. They could send, uh, you know, a, a future second round pick, which I know they're, they're, uh, you know, woefully short on those mm-hmm. um, as well, but you, you could do that. You could send uh, Hey, you guys want KZ Akpala? Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll send him uh, to, to you for that. And then what the thunder would do is uh, they would say, okay, yeah, we can, we're changing the protections and um, we're going to go. What you can't do is you can't just change the protections. There has to be a subsequent tr- transaction that allows for that. What, what if it's like a, a second rounder that would likely never convey? I yeah, mean, you could do that. Yeah, I mean, the, the rationale would be for Oklahoma City, what, that they just wouldn't want so many first-round picks because eventually they'll get into a, a salary cap crunch themselves? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they've, you know, they're sitting on so many right now. They, they literally have more than they could ever actually use. Right. Because, you, you know, at the end of the day, you only have 15 roster spots, and I believe they have as many as 30 picks over the next seven years in the first round. Wow. So it just, it can't happen. You know, it's, it's, you know, actually impossible to, yeah, I mean, you could use them all, but you can't sign all those guys. It's just, you know, whatever. That's a whole other story. Keith and I will continue our conversation in the next segment, but first let me tell you a little bit about Bilt Bar. Celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors that you can choose something for everyone? If you like coconut or raspberry or double chocolate, salted caramel, you can try them all. Get a mixed box with all of your favorite flavors. You won't be disappointed. 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar, but you're getting all the nutrients you need with an indulgent snack that feels like any old chocolate bar that you might enjoy. Uh, Get your order of grasshopper cookie or raspberry cookies and cream, whatever you like. So many flavors to choose from, but you have to go now to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your order. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Just as an aside, aside, like, what's the goal there? Like, I mean, I don't know how plugged in you are to the Thunder front office, but do you think, I mean, they're, they're rebuilding this year. That's pretty clear. Uh, What's, what's their short-term, long-term goal? Like how soon do they plan on packaging these picks in order to acquire a superstar or get the right player? 
Yeah, so you just said it right. I think the goal is, as as we've kind of heard rumors that they've talked with the Pistons about trading up to number one, mm-hmm. I think the goal there is to then uh, overwhelm a team, whether it's the Pistons this year or another team, and say, hey, you want our pick this year and you want seven more first-round picks, eight more first-round picks, ten more first-round picks, let's go. Um, and that they, they could have the ability to, to do that. They, they could do that. And when I said 30 picks, I, I misspoke. It's 30 total picks, not just yeah. first rounder. Um, but they, they still too many. That, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, they still have way too many. That I don't think Miami's made that throughout their franchise history. I mean, yeah, that's how right, often yeah, they trade I'd away. Picks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, if you're the thunder, that's kind of your goal is hey, we're going to overwhelm a team to a point where they can't say no. You know, um, and that that's it, whether it be for a player to trade up in the draft to, to do something. Um, draft picks are currency and they've got more currency than anybody else right now. Is Cade Cunningham worth like the, the package, the proposed package of Shea Gilgis Alexander and a first round pick? I don't think so. I like Shea Gilgis Alexander and I really like Cade Cunningham. I'm very high on him. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. I just, I, I'm, I love Shea Gilgis Alexander and give me a young guy who's already proven that he's an all-star level player. Then, you know, the unknown, I, you know, it, it's, we're not talking Anthony Davis or Zion or LeBron, right. Um, you know, where, you know, then yeah, hundred, I'd trade every single pick I had. You know, if it was one of those kind of guys in this draft, but you know, I really like Kate Cunningham, but yeah, I would not do that. And yeah. and there's there's seems mixed. Um, you know, I was listening to Zach Lowe and uh, Jonathan Gavoni and Mike Schmitz, and they seemed a little unsure if the Gilgis Alexander part was actually part of that or not. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, maybe I'm a that little time of year, right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, I look. I'm a little jaded from. You know, covering this team for as long as I have, I just for when it comes to draft picks, you're right. You spot, I mean, spot on in that description. It's like you're getting this mystery box. You yeah. never know what you're getting as opposed to a proven player. And I, I think, as much as that tantalizing potential is there, like I mean, look, Miami has hit on one really great draft pick. You know, two if you can count, you know, count Bama to Bio. But really, it's Dwayne Wade in 2003, and people tend to forget what a you know, what a mystery he was coming out of Marquette. Like, he was undersized at the time. He wasn't a point guard, even though he was a point guard size player. You know, at the time, everybody was looking for a big point guard like Penny Hardaway or something like that. And, and you know, he just he just didn't fit that mode. And it, yeah. he turned out to be great. But nobody knew that. Nobody saw that potential despite his final four run and everything else. Nobody saw that. And look, even Miami's front office was torn about drafting Wade. They wanted Chris Kamen, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a prototypical big man at the time. Of course, they, they made the right decision in taking Wade. But I, I'm just. When has it ever worked out for a team that's that's been like, yeah, do we want the big or the guard? All right, let's go with the big. It feels like that's always the wrong answer. Yeah. All the way back to Sam Bowie over oh, Jordan. Yeah, had to bring up. <laughs> yeah, that's the classic right there, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I, like, well, even I, now, Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. Like, ooh. Ooh. you know, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Rough. Yeah. That is that is still happening. I was thinking maybe that's changed. I know, but no, I, I think. Well, I mean, the Sacramento Kings might be an aberration in today's league, but uh, <laughs> this is true. Hopefully, they're turning the corner on that. All right. Uh, so this one comes in from Joe. Can the Heat sign Duncan, uh, Kyle Lowry, Kendrick Nunn, and Victor Oladipo? I mean, I guess yes. It would be the quick answer because they could sign them to a dollar, but you know I, that seems unlikely. <laughs> Uh, they could. Um, so again, let's say you wipe away all your obligations, but 
Nunn and Robinson in this scenario you would be wiping away Oladipo but what you do then is let's say again you're given 20 to 25 million to, to Lowry uh, then you still have Nunn and Robinson's rights you'd have to have that kind of locked in place to reduce their their to rescind the qualifying offers, reduce their cap holds. But if you had that in place, all right, then you go. And then what I think you do with Victor Oladipo is you either say, here's what's left over of our cap space, right. you know, three to 5 million, or we'll give you the room exception. And what you kind of tell Victor Oladipo at that point is, hey, it's a prove it. Right. Prove you're healthy and back. Right. And then if everything goes great and let's say you're awesome, we'll take care of you in the summer 2022. It would only be a one-year deal, uh, but we'll take care of you in the summer. Could you do a one plus one maybe with a, a team option? Yeah, I mean, you could do something like that if you really wanted to. If I was Oladipo, I would say no to to adoption. I would, I would at this point, I would agree to the one year prove it deal, mm-hmm. just because he's already twenty nine, coming off all the injuries. Let me, you know, let me do my rehab here, in Miami. Let me get back to you know being not the player he was because I don't think he's ever going to be that guy again. No. Let me get back to being a really good productive player, and then what you do is you 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 move it on from there. So you know that that that's that's kind of the thinking, and I think that's actually fairly realistic to happen that way yeah i mean i I just i can't see what the market is league-wide for a player like oladipo given his age given his history i mean look i I don't think he did himself any favors by not playing for the rest of the season i mean a a lot of conjecture about whether or not he should have come back and you know maybe he uh maybe he he was a little sensitive to the injury and then of course he wound up getting surgery and whatnot look that's a whole debate that i've had many many times i don't feel like it's worth getting into but uh, i'm curious to see what happens with oladipo's offseason because i I think there aren't a lot of options but i'm curious you know now that i've got you here what's the market for duncan robinson because i feel like there's a a big discussion on that and and also for lowry and nunn who seem like the the names hanging over miami the most because i think nunn is a player that Look, I, I mean, I think a lot of people view quote unquote potential with Dunn, and I think he's respected league wide because he's a hooper, because he goes to the hoop, because, <laughs> you no, know, because he has that kind of aggressive sure. scores mentality that still holds some kind of sway with front offices. You need a guy to go get a bucket. He fits that mode now, but there's other glaring holes in his game as a defender, as a playmaker and things of that sort. And there's a limited, you know, physical aspect there. He's just not going to get any bigger. He's, he's somewhat undersized as a guard. So what's the, you know, what's the ceiling for a guy like this? I think he's already reached that ceiling realistically, uh, but other teams probably see a lot more potential. What do you think a guy like Nunn could command in the open market? Yeah, if we start with Kendrick Nunn, he's going to get paid because there's a couple things like that factor in with him is, one, he's somebody who's pretty plug and play, whether mm-hmm. he starts for you or he comes off your bench. It, you, you know you've got a score there. And, and teams are always looking for scores who can create their own shot. Uh, my, my vision for Kendrick Nunn for a little bit has been um, to put him in like the Jordan Clarkson, Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams kind of role. Which is the, that's the that's the mode that Golden State had when they you know, had yeah. him in Santa Barbara. They, they expected yeah. him to be that six man. Yeah, and and I, and I think you know, not that he hasn't developed into a you know good starter with the Heat. I, I think some of that was circumstance, right? Of they yeah. didn't want to put a lot of mileage on Dragic, and yeah. and Dragic was in and out of the lineup with injuries and the like. But I think what what you're really looking at with um with none is you know every team in the league I think that had the ability would offer him their mid level exception. So that's you know just under ten million dollars. About you know it's about nine point you know, 5 million or so. Um, so you, you would offer him that and then, you know, build it off of there. I think a couple of the cap space teams that could use a, a 
a scorer who can handle the ball. So Dallas, New York, um, they could get involved because it's a, you're, you're not talking about a guy who's going to command 20 million, but if it's in the 10 to 12 million starting salary, I, th- I think that's, you know, fair and doable for Kendrick Nunn. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, probably what we're looking at. So if you're the Heat, you're probably looking at having to be in that range as well on re-signing him in order to, um, you know, keep him around if that's the direction you want to go. Wrap up our conversation later on. But first, let me tell you a little bit about the challenge of going and getting the right auto parts for your car or truck. Believe me, it's tough. You go in there, you start asking questions. They ask questions back. You feel uncomfortable. They start looking things up on the computer. Maybe they have the part you're looking for. Maybe they don't. You never know if you're getting the right price. Save the hassle. Go to rockauto.com, a family-owned business that's been helping customers online for 20 years, two decades of service. That's something you can rely on. And, you know, you have access to computers at home or on your phone. So what's the difference? It's the same computers that they're using at a chain storefront. And you get the parts you're looking for. You save money because rockauto.com's low prices are the same for everybody. So go to their easy-to-use navigate site. You find the parts you're looking for and then save the money that you need to get the parts that you need for your car or truck. And then when you're done, you go to the section that says, how'd you hear about us? And write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. You know, just uh, out of curiosity, what is the, you know, the lack of state income tax? What does that uh, add to a player salary? Like, you know, making 15 in New York as opposed to 10 in Miami, you know, is it does basically come out even sort of so, sort of? Yeah, I don't. It, well, kind of sort of, I guess, is the best way. There are some protections in place that, that the CBA has where they um, don't. Um, it, it's not the advantage it once was. Mm. Um, if we think all the way back to right, we we were both in Orlando for a very long time um, when they wanted to sign Tim Duncan and Tracy McGrady. All yeah. you ever heard about was there's no income tax and in, you know right. in Orlando, and that's a huge advantage. And you hear about that with Dallas and Houston sometimes to less San Antonio, but they that's just not who they are as a team. Um, but there's protections in there to try to make sure because what they don't want is it is a state like new york or massachusetts or california where there are high tax rates right. never getting anybody um there's also you know heavy stuff in there and language around the raptors because it's clearly a completely different country um what what is different though is which the cba allows nothing for is you can uh, buy a place in florida a lot cheaper than you can in new york Right. It's just two, two different markets, even in Miami, it's not going to cost you to it. Now people will say, Oh, this guy, you know, these guys make $10 million a year. What do they care? Well, well they do, you know, it's still, you know, it, it does matter. Um, So that, that's something that factors in, you know, slightly, but I think when it comes down to it, the bigger advantage that the heat have uh, vert as far as any um, uh, non-basketball advantages go, it's Miami, it's warm. It's a place a lot of guys live or uh, live for train, a large yeah. chunk and train in the off season. So yeah. they're, that's their, their single biggest non-basketball advantage versus anything financially. Yeah. Um, what about Duncan? What do you think his market would be? 
Yeah. So Duncan Robinson, if, if we were kind of, you know, if everybody had cap space, everybody would bid on him because I said, non's plug and play. Well, Robinson's completely plug and play. You just put him out there and tell him to shoot, right? You, you, you have that. He's kind of, um, I, I've been referring to him as he's kind of like the modern day Kyle Korver, where I always think about when Kyle Korver signed with the Hawks and yeah. the Hawks said, we're going to build our offense around Kyle Korver. Everybody's like, what? Like he, he doesn't dribble. Like, how are you going to build an offense around Kyle Korver? And then what they did was they put a bunch of good ball handlers and passers on the floor with him. Right. And you saw wherever Korver went, the defense bends that direction. Like Miami, Robinson yeah. has the same kind of impact, right? Yep. Because he's such a good shooter. You have to bend your defense towards whatever actions you're running with him. And we know Miami sometimes he's running all over the place. The place got nothing to do with him. Oh yeah. But it's just designed around getting people to watch him. It's unbelievable. Like the discussion now with free agency and Duncan and I'll let, let Duncan walk. If he's going to command this much, it's like, Look, you yeah. thought it was hard yeah. to score in the playoffs yep. against Milwaukee or Jimmy and Bam. How, how much harder is it going to be without Duncan drawing as much attention yeah. as he does? Huge. It's not going to be impossible. Yeah, so my, my uh, long answer to your very short question is, I think he's going to get somewhere close to $20 million in average annual salary. Yeah. And I know people are like, that's crazy for a guy. He's not a great defender. He doesn't he, – he shoots. But shooting always comes at a premium in the league we especially as good as constantly. he is as a shooter too yeah. exactly and that and that's it i mean this guy is probably you know if he's not the most elite shooter in the league he's right up there right i still yeah. I, I still think stephen curry because he can create his own shot a lot yes. more yes. is the most elite shooter in the league and then you could maybe mix in a couple other guys you know there but robinson's right at the top of that list and that's that that's going to get him paid i mean joe harris got paid you know 16 17 million um and he's not as good a shooter as duncan robinson is can do a little bit more off the dribble. He's a better defender. Um, but, you know, I mean, that that's the thing. And I always look at it too when people – I've seen some people try to use his age as yeah. a reason to kind of kind of tamp down his value. I mean, sure, I guess. But the reality is when your kind of whole game is built around running to a spot and shooting the ball, he can do that for another four, five, six, seven, ten years. Yeah. And he'll be just fine. Yeah. Okay, uh, Lowry then, because I, I know the news yeah. yesterday reported by the Miami Herald that he's seeking a three-year, $90 million deal. No options that I could I, – I didn't see that in any of the reporting. Uh, how realistic is that? Because I think that's a huge concern for Heat fans. I made the point that I wasn't sure that he would be – of that quote unquote value for Miami. I know a lot of people countered with, well, look at what Chris Paul did with Phoenix and things of that sort. It's like, yeah, but it's a completely different roster. I'm not sure that that's something that's like, it's, you can't put in Lowry at 35 for $30 million a year and pencil Miami in the Eastern conference finals. That's just not realistic either. So is that, is that the goal there for Lowry? You think he's going to be able to command that much on the open market? I, yeah, I think that's a little high. I, I think this is the time of year where everybody's throwing all their, uh, you know, this is how much I want out there. And oh, that's, okay. Um, you know, I just think, I think it's, you know, no, no one's going to come out there and say, Hey, I, you know, I want $10 million a year because then I was like, well, I'll take half on. of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, so the reality is everyone is going to, um, you know, set that price a little high. Like look at Dennis Schroeder, right? He's saying he wants a hundred million dollar contract. Well, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Right. I mean, as I continually say on front office show, I'd like to wake up a hundred pounds lighter tomorrow too. So let's all live in fantasy land together. Um, so I think the reality is, you with Kyle Lowry, yeah, you set the, the line there, but my guess is he's probably 
going to be closer to 25 million, um, you know, starting salary in that range. And I was a little lower before I thought it was going to be in the 20 to 20 to 22 range. Yeah. So did I, but now that the Pelicans have made their move, they, they've created all this, uh, major, um, uh, uh, cap space um gosh that i just lost caps so i know what happened i get distracted looking at tweet deck i'll be completely honest um <laughs> it's now that they created this all this cap space what now you're gonna see is now lowry has even more options and that's gonna probably push that that market up a little higher i just don't think 30 million a year is realistic yeah well, this last question kind of includes a part of that. This one's from Kevin. He writes, how would a double sign and trade of Duncan Robinson for Lonzo Ball work? Could it be done if the Pelicans gave Lowry $30 million a year? Ooh, so you're talking Lowry and Ball coming in together, Lowry at 30? No. Oh, if the Pelicans gave Lowry. Yeah, yeah. If the Pelicans sign Lowry, okay. uh, presuming um, then that they wouldn't want Ball on their roster, yeah, but they no. still want Robinson, would they be willing to send Ball to Miami in a sign and trade for Duncan? Yeah, so cap-wise, it would kind of be almost right. We just talked about how that could go for the um, for the heat, right, where it could be yeah. – you could end up bringing in a player for big money. And the then Pelicans have that kind of cap you. space though, to have, to have 30 million for Lowry. Yeah, they can get to about 36 million in cap space. What they would have to do that. Well, no, not if they're going to sign and trade ball for Robinson. Right. Um, yeah, they'd probably be down. I mean, a lot would depend on Robinson's first year salary. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that's what would be the difference there. I mean, they could get to about 36 million. Then let's say with Robinson, they're taking on 18 million and you cut that in half. Then is Lowry willing to play for 18 million? That that's where it gets, it kind of comes. Is there a limit to the escalating salaries for, from a year to year? I know Aaron Gordon had that in Orlando. Yeah. Tyler Johnson had that balloon payment in the last two years of a four year. Yeah, game. so those are two different things. Um, so so what you can do is if you're re-signing your own player, mm-hmm. uh, their salary can increase or decrease by up to eight percent per season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can either go up up by eight percent or you can go down year to year by eight percent. Or um, Kevin Love's contract actually went up and then down. Um, sometimes teams do that if they're trying to maximize cap space in a year where they know, um, Hey, we're going to be pursuing Giannis. Everybody was kind of setting those deals up. Um, or if you're signing a new player or sign and trade, um, it can go up or down by 5% year to year. Um, so, so it's only 5% in that. And you're also limited to only four years in a deal like that versus five years. If you're re-signing with your own team. So how did it work out that way for Tyler? Who was yeah. making yeah, five, five, and then what, 12 and 12 <laughs> yep. in the last two years or something like that? Yeah, it was a big number. Yeah. So Tyler Johnson was a restricted free agent. He signed an offer sheet with the Brooklyn Nets. That's right. And what you're allowed to do when you match an offer sheet is you can pick how that cap hit is going to be spread um, on your book. So you can either do the average number. So let's say it was um, 8 million a year. You could do 8 million a year for each of the four years um or what you can do is small small then the big the the balloon and then another big payment um so you you can you can set it up that way as well so that's what happened with tyler johnson he signed that um 
that uh, offer sheet and then um, the heat matched it when the heat chose because they were trying to maximize their cap space that summer that they matched. So what they did was they said, all right, we're going to take the small hit on the front end and then we'll allow it to balloon in later years when we know we're not going to be using cap space. So Miami could do that with Duncan theoretically this year, right? If, if he signs a ma- of an offer sheet for another team and then how they, and uh, Miami could yep. decide how they match that. Okay. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. They, they, they would be able to do that if, if, if that was the direction they wanted to go. Interesting. Okay. Yep. What would be the complications for doing something like that? I don't think anybody's ever considered that possibility. Um, no, I mean, you got no, Bam's extension. You got Jimmy's potential extension. Yeah. The free agency signed this year. Yeah. You'd rather just, if, if you would much, much rather if you're going to, if you, you don't want to play around with Duncan Robinson, cause it's just going to cause a mess for you. Yep. You're going to sign him, agree to whatever the deal terms is that you're going to sign him for and do that move where you can rescind the qualifying offer and then create the, the extra cap space. You don't want to mess around with them going and signing an offer sheet with the Knicks or the Pelicans or the Spurs. And then you match because then you're going to be out cap space and it's just going to be very messy. Yeah. So my guess is they'll, they'll know what their deal is with him right away, or they'll say, all right, then we're going to play this straight. And then it becomes, you know, kind of the game of chicken that restricted free agency always is. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much, Keith. That answers all of our questions, all of my questions, any, any lingering thoughts about the off season? Cause I know you're probably excited. You're probably looking ahead to some uh, sleepless nights as, as transactions <laughs> take place. So anything else that you want to kind of, uh, you know, pitch or, or just talk about in general or anything else that you're working on for my listeners? Yeah, um, ch- check us out over at Spot Track. Um, we already, like, like, for example, the Grizzlies Pelicans trade's already in there, processed on their team sheets as a pending trade. Um, everything's updated, you know, uh, you know, basically live for us as as options are picked up and declined, as qualifying offers are issued, and then of course, as we get into the draft and the off season, uh, we'll be cranking away getting the, the team salary pages up to date. Um, I can tell you they're as accurate as you're going to find anywhere on the internet publicly. Um, we've actually had. Um, uh, folks who are within the league who tell us that they use us as a resource on a regular basis because yeah. um, it's 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 all right there. So yeah, check us out over there. And then if you're really interested in more of the transactional offseason, uh, talking about deals and rumors and all that stuff, check out our show, um, uh, NBA Front Office Show. You can either listen uh, podcasts, it's wherever you listen to your podcast, or you can find us over on YouTube. Um, and I would highly ask that if you uh, join over on YouTube, uh, subscribe to to the show um that'll help and then like the videos uh we try to do uh video near daily uh somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes in length at absolute most um just where we break down the news of the day and whatever rumors are out there and all that stuff good stuff that's keith smith uh good friend you should definitely be listening and following his work because he's one of the best out there thank you so much again for taking the time to come on the show keith thanks for having me good luck to the heat this off season well, that does it. I hope you got everything you needed. If you still have questions, you can always send those in to me. Just a reminder, of course, that the draft goat Chad Ford, Raphael Barlow, and John Corrales will be hosting the live NBA draft show on Locked on NBA Draft 2021. It's brought to you by Pilt Bar. You get all the analysis you need. I might be making an appearance myself, so make sure you follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Just a reminder, you can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Twitter using the hashtag AskAllHeat or send me a message. Please be sure to follow the show and leave a review. Need those reviews to keep on coming. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. And most of all, thanks to you. I'm David Ramil signing off for now.